Good morning. I'm Coach Williams. And this podcast is for everyone needing a quick, encouraging word from God. I always use resources provided by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And today we consider 1 Samuel 16, 7. Let me read it for you. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Today's title, Understanding David. Man, am I glad that God doesn't look on the outside because I'm nothing to look at. You know, I'm reminded of an NBA player named Muggsy Bogues. Mainly played for the Charlotte Hornets, standing at five foot three. High school, college, they said he never had a chance. Got a scholarship to Wake Forest, and he got drafted by the NBA Charlotte Hornets. An amazing story about a guy that had to overcome the appearance that he wasn't right for basketball, but he had his heart set on basketball. You know, he played 14 years. Isn't it amazing? that he didn't let the criticism of, hey man, you're too short to play basketball. Can you imagine how many times he heard that in his life? Now, while we don't know of King David's precise measurements, we do know that he was the youngest brother in a very big family. And he was overlooked and he was underestimated. However, he had a big heart that beat for God's glory. You know, he was a skilled musician for God's praise, played the harp probably played other things. He was courageous for God's name on the battlefield. In fact, he was one of the wealthiest people as he ended up. He could have been like the world's first trillionaire. That's something fun for you to Google. Go ahead and Google how rich was King David, but that's for another time. You know, he was victorious for God's people against his enemies. But despite all of that, he was still human, imperfect. Yes, he made mistakes, committed very grievous sins, but he was a man after God's own heart. You know, I'm glad you can't judge a book by its cover. Almost no one would have chosen David. Certainly no one would have chosen Jesus. What matters most to God is not the size of your measurements, but it's the size of your heart for him. Now, as competitors, we may be tempted to only focus on the measurables. Height and might, baby. But if you look beyond the surface as God does us, we can be empowered. And in the end, we all need a king whose heart is perfectly in tune with the heart of God, rather than a king who looks or seems almighty or powerful. You know, we need a king who will not disappoint us. We need a loving, sacrificial, conquering, saving king. And when we take on his heart, then all things become possible. Never judge a book by its cover. Don't let anyone tell you that you can do something if you put your heart to it. You can be a mighty warrior for Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Coach Williams. Thanks for joining me today. Today's thought, encouragement. The best sports teams I ever had in my 25 years of coaching were the ones where the teammates consistently found ways to get the best out of each other. Each player 
knew what it took to motivate their fellow athletes. And they would constantly look for opportunities to encourage, to challenge. And I'm going to use this term, refresh each other's hearts. Who refreshes your heart after a long practice? Can you see his or her face in your mind? Who breathes new life into your heart after a tough loss? What is his or her name? How do these people encourage you and help you be your best? You know, the Apostle Paul has such a person in his life. His name was Philemon. And we can see a glimpse of his character in Paul's letter to him. Philemon's 1.7, For I have great joy and encouragement from your, from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. You know, Paul received great joy and encouragement when his friend refreshed the hearts of others. What do your teammates do that refreshes your heart and encourages you? What do you do that encourages and refreshes your teammates? We refresh the hearts of coaches when we show good character. Hey, what are some of the excellent character traits that encourage your coaches? How could you use your good character to encourage those coaches? You know, soon you will be out of this COVID and on the field. And as you start to compete, consider refreshing the hearts of your teammates and coaches. Give them your absolute best effort that will encourage everyone you know just recently on the internet i saw a video of larry fitzgerald 18 years in the nfl carrying the equipment bag wow as a coach i would get such joy from the older students the older players pick willing to pick up equipment and carry it without being asked. It's probably one of the most dreaded tasks a coach could have is at the end of practice, you've got to somehow motivate the players to get the cones that are way across the field or get the tackling dummies or get the balls that were scattered all over the place and actually bring those. This is a small thing, but man, it, it loomed big in the hearts and minds of coaches. Hey, give them your best effort. In this process, you know, everyone gets better. And you're going to spread joy and encouragement and love to everyone around you. Here's a memory verse for you as we leave. Finally, brothers, rejoice, become mature, be encouraged, be the same mind, be at peace and be the God of love and peace will be with you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. This is Coach Williams. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Our identity in Christ. Paul says to the Colossians in Colossians 3, 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Hey, coaches, when you're asked, hey, how are you doing? Do you reply in terms of the whole team? We struggled early, but we regrouped late in the season. And athletes, when you're asked, hey, how's it going? Is your response tied to your performance last night? Unfortunately, it's too easy for coaches to become consumed with the team's performance. 
If this occurs, our real identity can get lost in the pressure to win. Learning to separate athletic expectations from our true identity in Christ is an ongoing and significant challenge. Hey, I remember playing softball as an adult just a few years back. I'm playing shortstop, and I made three errors in a row. They were calling me Swiss cheese from the dugout. And you know, I looked up in the stands and I'd see my wife and kids, and I thought for some reason their love for me would maybe would be tied to my athletic performance that night. I couldn't be, that couldn't be further from the truth. They love me no matter how many errors I made. But is that a mistake we sometimes make? As followers of Christ, we're, we are not to lose sight of what matters most in this life. In Paul's letter to the Christians in the city of Colossae, he voiced concerns about the distractions inherent and inherent dangers of their time. Paul issued a warning to the Colossians. Hey, and that warning goes to us. Hey, pay attention. Be careful of the fact that this world can be a captivating place. He knew that the temporal rewards beckoned with a fierce and determined strength. And as the false teachers and the false teachings were to the misguided Colossians, so can a winning record be equally alluring to a coach. This is all around us today. If we are enticed by the rewards and intentions of success, we become vulnerable to the idolatrous practice that Paul warned against. Hey, if you're going to focus your life on anything but the things above, you're going to be set up for failure. We will continually be disappointed, feeling a loss and a loss of hope, and will we will look to the next season or to the next recruit to fulfill us? Hey, Paul is clear. Nothing of human design should become the focus in our lives. Even something as seemingly noble as leading a team to a successful season. Nothing that stands in the way of our relationship with Christ keeps us from fully surrendering our hearts and minds to him. Setting our hearts on earthly rewards is futile anyway, since only God can satisfy our longings. You can try, and if you're trying to determine if you're a success or a failure by the number of wins or the number of hits or the number of touchdown passes or the number of touchdown receptions, it's going to be futile. Here's a, uh, several questions to think of. Can you separate who you are in Christ from your team's performance? What will it take for you to set your mind on things above? What does it mean for you to surrender your team to God? So here's our prayer. God, I want to find the whole identity in you. Please help me release the desires to replace you with anything that is of this world. Amen.